Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is, what is it, Matt? Wednesday? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's Tuesday, but it's Wednesday. Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked On Spartans. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Sheehan. Not always, but as by as, as most yeah. of the time, Matt Sheehan. Yeah. How you doing, Matt? I'm okay. Uh, it was kind of a bummer being back at work like a normal person. I kind of like that cushy lifestyle of vacation. Sure. But who doesn't? We're back, so yeah, yeah, we're we're good though. Did you try to pop a white claw in the middle of the day? No, I just did. I just went ahead and <laughs> just went for it. Just Didn't about, even try. Well, only like five or six though, so it wasn't anything crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um. On today's show, yeah, we are going to well, we got a little bit of a change of plans. We had the the idea that we were going to talk about some losses and other painful things, which I don't know. It's not a <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. We, we were going to make it time. fun. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah we we got plenty of time to talk about painful memories uh, and laugh at them. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mark D'Antonio had a press conference, his weekly press conference, um, and some things happened. Things were said, words were stated, yep, questions were asked. And uh, for the first time in a long time, a, a, an interesting uh, uh, answer, interesting thing, an interesting situation, interesting moment, if you will, yeah. came out of the uh, D'Antonio Presser. So we're going to talk about that, um, and then we're going to, it might kind of dominate the show a little bit, uh, because we will talk about... That as it relates to the future, D'Antonio's future, and then kind of go from there. So maybe we'll get to some lost stuff today. Maybe we'll get to my Brian Lewerke hot take. Um, if not, we'll definitely get to it uh, at some point this week because it's either that or we talk about uh, actual football. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Ugh. We could talk about how good Gabe Brown is now. Hey, now. Like, hey, now. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Now I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, saw the dunk. After we recorded, <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah, he he bodied someone. That's for sure. So baptism. Uh, that's why they call him the pastor. It, that not, is not true. That <laughs> is not why they call him. They well, one of his nicknames is Pastor Gabriel T. Brown. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's, there's Bubba. There's mm-hmm. Pastor Gabriel T. Brown, and then there's another one I forget. Uh, Babe um, Grown, I, th- I think, is the other one. What is it? Babe Grown. Babe is, Crone, uh, yeah, because <laughs> he's got limbs. Uh, I I think it's like, just a like... mix up of the first letter in his oh, first Gabe and Brown. last name. Yeah, yeah. There you go. yep. So I say, oh, Babe's a pig. Bambi's the deer. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. For your so I was thinking like Bambi, animals. like you know, baby deer. They're just limbs are everywhere, and Gabe Brown has long arms and long legs, so mm-hmm. limbs, it doesn't. I'm wrong. Oh, okay, got it. All yeah. right. But uh, no, they, they, I think they call him Pastor because of his just energy and just that sort of vibe. Um, that checks he, out. Yeah, but he baptized somebody. He did. So he's, he's, yeah. pap- he's Pastor for another reason today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about that. Nah. Yeah. No, yeah. we're going to talk about Mark D'Antonio. A reminder to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Matt. All right, Will. We need to do this. Mark D'Antonio was asked kind of a, a roundabout question about his future 
uh, at Michigan State, and he answered it in kind of a roundabout way that he generally does. Uh, and as a follow-up, credit to Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press, yeah. he asked him directly, do you plan on being the head coach for Michigan State when they open the season against Northwestern next year? And Antonio said yes. He said it yes twice, <laughs> which um, it's kind of been this weird cloud hanging over everything. This elephant in the room, right? Is And everyone's written about it. Um, I've written about it. Columnist Graham Couch has written about it. It's been, um, it like tints every sort of piece you read about Michigan State these days in some way. Yeah. Uh, and this was the first time, aside from, I guess, the no question, no comment, next question, uh, after the Illinois game that D'Antonio like directly addressed his standing with the team next year. So I had two reactions. Sure. The the first one was the rabid fan reaction of Mark, how could you say this? How like <laughs> how how could you come back? Why are you coming back? Why don't you just take your millions, enjoy retirement, go off in the sunset and just pass it on to the next guy to try to clean up the mess? That is very similar to the one that you inherited when you started at Michigan State. And the second reaction I had is like, uh, like what else is he going to say? Like yeah. he, he's he's still got recruits out there. Yep. Like he's still he's still got a team to coach for at least two more games, three by the grace of God. And <laughs> like never you know, of, of wait 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 yeah. never never before in the history of the world. Yeah. Has a has a wins over Rutgers in Maryland mm-hmm. been designated as by the grace of God? And that's if it happens. Yeah, <laughs> if but, by the grace of God we can yeah. beat Maryland and Rutgers. That's if never we can happened. get over those hurdles, uh, <laughs> yeah. If we can step over these little speed bumps without tripping, what could can they? I, I don't know. So, yeah. but that that's the thing. It's like obviously I, I did not take a liking to read that yeah of course i'm gonna be back next year i gotta complete my circles mm. i gotta live in the present which I, I i just think i have a fundamental misunderstanding of what d'antonio means and this has been going on for a while now like ever since he used the we are a wounded animal analogy because whenever i hear like a wounded animal like i just think of a very vulnerable animal that is weak and can't fight for itself and that will be preyed upon by bigger foes and that is exactly what's been happening ever since he dropped that line (laughs) and when he says something like live in the present like that's what he says to recruits i think his quote was i tell recruits that we are living in the present why are you telling them that do you know what the present is the present isn't great the present is staring into a barrel of two games against Rutgers and maryland to make it to a quick quick lane bowl and you're not even sure if that's going to be a possibility like and the third one was completing all the circles. Like, dude, Mark, why are you saying you got to complete your circles? I, I get that, you know, you went to bed with your Rose Bowl shirt on or whatever his line was today. The circle you completed already is going back to the John L. Smith days of going back to just utter, utter disastrous meltdowns against teams, getting pounded by rivals, not having great recruiting classes. Like, we completed our circle, buddy, just not the way that you thought that we had. So I just, whenever he says something at a press conference, I just take it as a completely different meaning. So <laughs> me and Mark are on different pages, and I, I, I hope he, he knows that. So a couple know. things. Okay. Uh, yeah, they really have in the, it's like, it's, it's come full circle. And, yeah. I and that's, I think, completing a circle. I get why he uses that. And it's something that's been a message of his and one of his, you know, staples is, you know, complete your circles in life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, like in that way, it's really bad. It, it's like, well, you you went full circle. You started at the bottom. Now you're here. Um, yep. Yeah. So sorry for in- interjecting a Drake lyric into the show. I'm I'm sorry. That's ah, my you're fault. You're just cool with the kids. That's all right. Yeah, I am cool. How do you do, fellow kiddos? Yes, um, there you go. I actually know where that meme came from, though, so get oh, at me. look at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, yeah, wounded animal is a really terrible way to describe we're hurt, but we're going to um, get back. Because wounded animals die all the time. That's yeah. what wounded animals do in the wild. They just at, at die. The hands, at the hands of more powerful animals yeah. that have more strength than them. Like, like, that was the weirdest... <laughs> That was the weirdest but analogy that's, since that's, Jeremy Pruitt said, uh, like, the rats didn't race to the top of the Titanic or something like that. He, he essentially comparing your program to a sinking ship is the only worse way to classify your program well, outside that's not of even, wounded animal. That's not even a D'Antonio thing. Like, right. wounded animal is just, we need to replace that. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, wounded animal, like, okay, you get one more good shot in, and then you die. Is that really what we're looking for? Well, one yeah, more clean had shot. One good shot, and then now we are dying. So yeah. yeah, give us a quick lane, quick lanes bowl, then we die. So yeah, that's what I took out of the press conference. Like ups, like upset, irritated. Like oh great, I can actually see this being a reality where he does come back. But on the other end, like being you know, just realizing, like yeah, it's not like he was going to say. Ah. No, you know what? I probably am going to walk away from this. Like, yeah, this recruiting class, it's already not great. I'll make it worse by saying that I'm going to, you know, bounce out of here after uh, hopefully being in Maryland and triple overtime by three points. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my takeaway from it. So, My only reaction really was, what like, what else is he going to say? Like, of course, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. And not, I'm actually starting to come around a little bit that he might stay. Um, I know, same here, and I hate that. Yeah, and, and we can talk about why uh, here in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just, let's start the segment this way, Matt. Okay. You have, I'm going to give you two choices. Okay. And you have to pick one as it stands today, um, mm-hmm. and you, you have to pick one, yeah. okay? Yep. Who do you want in charge of your football program? Do you want Mark D'Antonio mm-hmm. or do you want Bill Beekman? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. I was really hoping that second name was going to be Luke Fickle. <laughs> it wasn't Luke Fickle at all. At all, actually. No. Um, man, oh, boy. I, I think Dan- I could really hum and haw over this for the next 15 minutes, but that would make a really boring <laughs> podcast of just radio silence. Uh, so I'm just no, him and haw. D'Antonio. I want... I want you to literally him and haw. Him, how? Yeah, give me D'Antonio. <laughs> right, but that like that is the yeah. sort of logic leap or logic you have to follow to be like, okay, I get, yeah, I guess so. Like, all right, I get it. Not not that we're thrilled. Like, and it's that exact tone too, right? No right, thrill, yeah. no excitement. Just like, no. okay, yeah, okay. I yep. Here, that's where we're at. Um, market makes sense. I'm not super excited about it. Um, but I'm, I'm behind you. You're, you are correct, sir. You should be in charge instead of Billy B over there. Yeah. It's it's not even like you're correct. I like, it's just, your name's not Bill Beekman. Like that's (laughs) what it comes down to. But I think like it really, it it does. The D'Antonio's future is what he wants at Michigan state. 
right? Oh, it's he's, not he's, up he's to, calling the shots. He, he, yeah. he will never be fired. Um, and so, yeah, I think there was some, I, I spoke with someone briefly who, and it's always sort of, oh, I know somebody who knows somebody, or I know this person or that person. And this mm-hmm. isn't, again, this isn't reporting. This isn't real sourcing. I, I equate this all to rumors and it's why I haven't really written about it. Um, but I've had people tell me that like, yeah, D'Antonio would like to retire, but doesn't want to walk away from a dumpster fire. Please um, do, though. Just which, please do. Which I think if there was, it, like, say this was happening on the field, and, yeah. like, if we could somehow remove the scandal from um, Mark Hollis's time, which we can't, but just someone of that, like, mm-hmm. in terms of hiring and stuff like that, like someone you trusted to make a good decision for the future of the, the program then I think even though the situation was is what it is on the field, D'Antonio would be comfortable stepping away because he would trust that person to do what's right, to do a good job replacing him and to make sure that they can sort of start climbing again. I don't think he really has that right now in the athletic department. And so he's kind of like, if I walk away now, it could be really bad. Like we could... I think it's getting really bad no matter what, though. Like, ne- next year, we, we, and we've talked about it, like, we're losing yeah. some talent on this roster. The, the schedule is not favorable. Well, that's, they'll, they'll, they'll be lucky to get to a quick lane bowl next year. I mean, that's, that's a perfect segue, Matt. Thank you. Because I, I took the opportunity, because this was a hot topic today. By the way, I accidentally muted you on Twitter. Oh, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not unmuting you. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Um, I went to Twitter and I just asked, you know, Michigan State fans, God, this has so many votes. Um, what is your preference with Mark D'Antonio in 2020? And it was mm-hmm. just a poll. Um, D'Antonio and staff return. D'Antonio and new offensive staff. D'Antonio retires. D'Antonio fired. And mm-hmm. so I got really, I posted this four hours ago. I got 690 votes still. Um, so this thing's going to probably climb over 1,000 votes. Uh, 49% is D'Antonio and new offensive staff. 44% is D'Antonio retires. 2% everyone comes back, which are just funny jokes uh, from Michigan fans. <laughs> and 5% is D'Antonio <sighs> fired. So, like, it's yeah. split between D'Antonio with the new offensive staff and D'Antonio yeah. retiring, um, which I, I don't think I was surprised uh, by that. I was maybe a little surprised that that many people, I thought it'd be like 35% say D'Antonio, new offensive staff, and the rest say he retires. But 50% of, of respondees to this um, say D'Antonio comes back with a new offensive staff is their preference That's for what shocking. happens next yeah. season. Yeah. It, it is, but it is and it isn't. It, it's because that goodwill is obviously still there with a lot of fans. And I guess when you're at this point that the program's at and you've seen D'Antonio build it once, a lot of people think that he can rebuild it again, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I know I, where you sit on this. Right, yeah. Just all the way out. I'm trying to be respectful <laughs> of, of the thinking from, from those people. Like, I... I think that's not just how life goes at all, but yeah, I, I guess that's a possibility, I suppose. I mean, people win the lottery every day, so <laughs> yeah. I and guess. I've had a lot of people say, like, comment on it too, say like, D'Anto- oh, give him, like, if he 
is willing to replace everyone on offense and do dramatic changes and actually accept the change, not sort of half-ass it, dip mm-hmm. the toe in the thing, then they're good with him one more year, let's see what happens, and then reevaluate from there, which I that's my answer last year at this time. Right, right? yeah, yeah. And that's... That's fair. Yeah, and... I guess if you're giving me the options, though, really, mm-hmm. if you're giving me the option, all right, D'Antonio's going to come back, but he's going to reshuffle everything. Maybe Brad Salem sticks around, but everyone else is gone. Um, but probably Salem's gone, new coordinator, and really do like a, a, a like a, an overhaul mm-hmm. and get really qualified people in. If you're telling me it's that or D'Antonio retires and Bill Beekman's in charge of the search... I'm voting D'Antonio in a new staff. Yeah, when you put it like that. Right, and that's yeah. we got to sort of deal with the reality of the situation. It's that there's a placeholder AD in right now. because. But could there be a possibility where Mark does step aside and he also aids in the coaching search, which I, I don't know how much better that makes me feel, but it makes me feel a little better. So It, it doesn't make me feel any better. Um, All right. Because I think that's kind of how you got into this scenario is D'Antonio's coaching circle influence. Like, Yeah, no, that's true. That's and, fair. And the thing that, uh, I, I mean, I still think, so I'll put it this way. My my biggest gripe with D'Antonio, I think his biggest failure has been the inability to push away from friends when needed. Right? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. that is his biggest failure. I don't think D'Antonio is like, losing it or like lost his mind i think he's certainly a little less sharp a little less aggressive a little I, less than he used to be I, I just go back to the arizona game and the time management and also the penn state game and how the the quarterback carousel was handled in the second half and yeah. also just all of last year too well, with the holy work injury thing like i don't know i i think he is kind like yeah he's not as sharp but i think like it's getting to a point where here's man here, i don't know if i trust this guy so you want, you want my take on it yeah yeah he, sorry he's always been that like, they always just won, though. Like, I think he's mismanaged games a lot. I think his strategy uh, has been way too conservative for his entire tenure. Um, I think he's mismanaged clocks a number of times throughout the years, even in, in great years. Um, but they're just not quite as good, and so those mistakes now come back to bite them. Um, and so I don't think he's... I think he's taken a little step back there, but I think it's... I think it's over... Er, more stated, overstated because they've been losing to go with it. I think those mistakes have just been there the entire time. Losing um, does magnify mistakes, yeah. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, but I, I think he's still like really well respected within the locker room and is good at like sort of the coachy stuff, CEO type things. Um, not all of them, but like sort of someone that players will play for. Um, I don't think he's lost the locker room or anything like that. And I think he could still be a fine head coach, but he needs to lean on assistants that aren't his friends. Well, yeah, especially after you shuffle the whole deck, and I'm sure there's got to be there's got to be at least some shred of animosity now within the coaching staff now that everyone's been you know jumbled yeah. across you know offices and position groups and yada yada yada. And guess what? It didn't really work. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure like not everyone is all cool with each other in the coaches' room now. 
And uh, would you yeah, blame, I think it's yeah. just a change is needed. So just on that alone, I mean. So. Yeah. Would you blame Dave Warner 1% for like showing up to work and being like, I don't really, this is stupid. No, and that's why I don't feel out of line like yeah. guessing this because like it's just human nature. Like yeah. it's it's yeah, it, it'd be almost a miracle for everyone in the midst of a completely lost season, four and six, offense is struggling for a coaching staff that just got shaken up like Yahtzee dice to all be cool with one another with all this going on. Like, yeah, yeah. there's probably not the greatest atmosphere going around in the coaches' room, especially the offensive side of that room. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, changes are absolutely 100% needed, but we already know this. It's beating a dead horse. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess now that you do put it to the do you trust Beekman to do it scenario, <sighs> yeah, I guess that's what makes that question not as obvious as I thought it was about wanting D'Antonio to just retire yeah. and step away. So Yeah, and here, like, what I'm – I figured out a way to say this better. All um, right. What I'm trying to get at with D'Antonio, I want him to be at Ogeron for Michigan State. Sure, yeah. Right? Because all Ed yeah. Ogeron does is set the tone and be the face and sort of set the identity. And I'm totally yeah. cool with a bleep you, I'm going to punch you in the stupid face, you stupid mother bleeper attitude. Like that is, is that is, quoting Tom Izzo from last night? Or what, what are you doing there? <laughs> but, but that's really what it is, right? And the, yeah. that's like Izzo's mentality, and it's obviously working there. And it, D'Antonio's mentality is very similar to that, and it's worked. I just yeah. don't want him, and I don't know if this is even possible, to like lay off the offense and like let's try to tweak some things, figure some stuff out on the other on the defensive side of the ball, right? Fix. If he could do that, yeah. If he could just let go like that, sure, fine. Yeah, but, but I, I, the, I don't know. Oh, it's total. Bl- it would be total blind faith. Yeah, and that's what someone said. Like, do you trust him to hire assistants? Because his coaching circle is seemingly pretty small. Right. Um, and that's part of the reason why he shuffled the deck instead of rehiring people is because he doesn't trust anyone else. Cause he that's doesn't, really, yeah. Like now you're going to start trusting people like, well, it's, it's an, it's an act of blind faith. It really is. But yeah. the other side of the coin is, <laughs> as we've discussed, Billy Beekman. Yeah. So settle in. Fine. That's the message. All right. What do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about my hot take or do you want to go through losses? Let's, uh, let's talk let, about let's, my hot take. Yeah, let's do the hot take because I think losses can be like a good two-segment okay. piece for yeah. the future. Yeah. We'll, we'll finish this up with my Brian Lewerke hot take. Um, but first, Matt. Yes. You need to tell the people in your very first inaugural yes. inaugural live read mm-hmm. about erectile dysfunction and what they can do to combat it. Fellas. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Guys usually just brush it off or make up excuses like, I had a long day at work, or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. We're not even close to halfway done. But with Roman, (laughs) it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe it real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. That's very nice. The doctor will work with you and find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Sorry, that was all caps, so I read it all caps. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. 
It's so easy to tackle, even the MSU defense can take care of it. Wait, nope, that wasn't in there, sorry. Uh, complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. Getroman.com slash locked. Wow. How was that? That was really bad. Yeah, I thought so. One down. All right. <laughs> you did a good job, Matt. You really, you just, <laughs> you, you sold the hell out of it. You did a six-minute live read that's supposed to take a minute. Perfect. Good. I'm very so I'm proud of you. I'm really writing the character for that one. Thank, thank you. You did. I didn't expect you to scream all the caps locked. I had to. I mean, what, what else am I supposed to do? Say I'm normal with a little bit of emphasis. Oh, all right. <clears throat> Alright, here's my hot take. Yeah, okay. Let's do this. This is gonna be this is gonna upset me. Why is it gonna upset you? It's not even that hot. Okay, just 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 go on. Just okay. go on. Okay. <sighs> Brian Lewerke's the most talented player to ever be quarterback at Michigan State under D'Antonio. That's the take. That is the take. He's the most talented to do it. <sighs> Kirk Cousins, like, were you not, did you not have cable television when Kirk Cousins was, was playing football? I mean, um, I'm going to go down swinging for my boy here. This is, listen, I want to make this known. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Brian Lewerke, so is Connor Cook. That's sort of the point of all this and why I, I feel like it's a good inclusion to the we need to change the staff thing. All right. yeah, yeah. Um, from a tool standpoint, yeah, like Brian Lewerke – could have at some point looked like a first round, or I should say he has looked like a first round draft pick at some points, but he's also looked like someone who's never played quarterback before. Yes, right, okay. And so, All right, so, so far we're aligned, I think. Okay. Okay. Here's, yeah, here's sort of uh, the issue. The Lewerke's problems, right, stem from, uh, w- let me ask you, what would you say is the number one criticism, critique of Brian Lewerke's game? Uh, not having a good offensive line. Is that part, is, 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 is that an acceptable answer or no? The, the, the correct answer is inconsistent ball placement, right? Yeah. Decision-making too, a little bit inconsistent there as well. Listen, so. if we want to talk about decision-making and you want to defend Kirk Cousins, buddy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. buddy. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'll defend Connor Cook too. Yeah, I got the time. <laughs> yeah. was, I think, I think Brian might be uh, a more cerebral, smarter quarterback than either of those guys. But Connor was exciting. Oh, Connor was so excited. I love Connor. And he could at least bounce back from his back breaking yeah. um, decisions he made with the ball, which was, well, that was yeah. great. That was his thing. Like his after every single terrible back breaking mistake, he became the best quarterback in the country for exactly one drive. <laughs> and That's then, all yeah. And yeah, then he settled into like above average play after that. <laughs> it perfect. Like, it was uncanny. I don't know how he did it. That's the bread and butter that wins you 34, 35 games, however yeah. many it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, just with, with his skill set, with Lewerke's skill set, his arm is better than Cook's, um, and I think his arm is better than Kirk Cousins. Although Kirk's arm was a little underrated, I think, in college, and you've kind of seen that in the NFL, that it's a pretty decent arm. I think yeah. Brian's is, like, right there, probably a little better than Kirk's. Um, mobility is an obvious wash, uh, blowout victory for Brian Lewerke compared to those two guys. Like, it's not even close. Right? You're with me? I guess, yeah. <laughs> so why... Well, oh, lost my thing. 
why do we have a, a kid who has a ton of talent who can look like a first round pick as my microphone starts sliding away from me, um, but is struggling with the same sort of consistent accuracy issues that he did when he was a sophomore? Like, it's not a trick question. It's almost a rhetorical question. Okay. It's 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 bad coaching. Um, bad coaching. Uh, some injuries too. He's got a lot of wide receiver combinations to work with as well. I think is also part of it. Sure, but even stuff like I don't know five yard slants and stuff like that that he's throwing on back hips instead of in the appropriate fair, spot. Yeah. It's just like his biggest issue. If you watch him closely, and again, I'm not a quarterback savant. I know a little bit. I've watched a ton of Brian Lewerke football, um, mm-hmm. but his foot his footwork is pretty consistently inconsistent. Um, and he does it on whether it's his step, like he doesn't step to the right spot sometimes. Sometimes his feet aren't set. Uh, he cannot throw a deep ball despite having a strong arm. Uh, that makes me wonder why isn't anyone teaching him how to throw a deep ball better? And a lot of it is mechanical stuff that is obvious, like throwing off your back foot. Um, and so I just, like, I want to say that Brian Lewerke is the most talented quarterback to play just to show like just how much I think they've underachieved offensively with him at the helm. And that, and that's because supporting cast hasn't been great. Like Connor cook had the best supporting cast, but Connor cook was also very good. Mm -hmm. Um, And they haven't nearly maximized Brian Lewerke. And part of it is bad coaching. Part of it is a total mismanagement of an injury last year. Making your quarterback play with a hurt throwing shoulder. And just not at all capitalizing on the foundation he laid as a sophomore. He looks like a little better than he did as a sophomore, but it's almost the same. It's, it's like the same player. Right. And I think, I don't know, um, I think his like pro potential, if someone, and who knows how much uh, work can be done, how teachable, how correctable things are with him because some dudes are just set in their ways, is set in their habits and can't fix things. Um, but like I would, if you had Brian Lewerke right now, Connor Cook after a senior year and Kirk Cousins after a senior year and said, who's going to be the best pro quarterback? Like I think Brian Lewerke would be my pick. Yeah. Like, Kirk Cousins is totally overachieved. And, well, he's the man also. So <laughs> I know, but like, Here's here's another hot take. Okay, keep it. Yeah, keep yeah. it going. Kirk Cousins. Oh, uh, I don't like how this starts. No, it's nothing to do with Kirk Cousins. It has to do with what happened with Kirk Cousins. the The fact that Kirk Cousins uh, was a fourth round pick is a huge yeah. indictment on Michigan State. Huh. Okay. Huh. Yes, that is that's my take. I think Connor Cook was drafted in an appropriate spot, and he kind of had a fourth-round quarterback career. That's kind of how they go. Sometimes you make it three years. Sometimes you make it six. Um, but, yeah, like, and I do this, too, with uh, – it applies to Michigan fans times 10 with Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is starting to bite us, isn't it? So you had the greatest, most accomplished quarterback in the NFL history on your campus, and all you could do is turn him into a six-round pick. Yeah, a uh, split starter and yeah. a – Yes, that so. is that is a stinging indictment of Michigan football, not a celebration. Um, and I think the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Like, yeah, the dude who signed a hundred million dollar guaranteed contract. Yeah, we we turned him into a fourth round pick. Like, that's yeah. all, that's all you could do. 
Um, Wait, so can we? Should we still claim Nick Foles as a Super Bowl? Yeah, because yeah, because okay. Nick Foles wasn't even good enough. That's how good Michigan State was. Yeah, that's right. All right, <laughs> nice, love it. But no, I, I just I say all this to say I think that's gonna. There's a potential for that to happen with Floricky. Like he ends up a third or fourth round pick, um, and he ends up being a good pro. And you're like, where the hell was this guy? And it's like, well, because someone finally taught him how to step appropriately. And gave him like Some... five warm bodies to play with on the <laughs> offensive line. Yeah, someone so. gave him time and receivers who could catch. Yes, it's like dude, that will help a quarterback. Yeah, that will help a quarterback. Brian's highlights are the like unbelievable. Like you're like that's the best college player I've ever seen, and then it's just like, why can't he do that every play? Yeah, yeah. So that that's my hot take. It's not like screaming hot, and I just wanted okay. to right. use it to sort of buoy echo the points that we were making in the previous couple of things is that like there are a lot of reasons Michigan State hasn't done well offensively the last few years I think position coaches is right up there like the development at skill position the development at the line the development everywhere on the offensive end just hasn't been as good as it's needed to be yeah like no that's it's all fair it's all fair game yeah like a lot of really talented players and just not nearly enough production to to match it and yeah it's things like that. It's like it's having a quarterback with inconsistent footwork. It's having receivers who don't always look in the ball because they haven't been coached appropriately. It's having linemen do the wrong thing, take the wrong step, have a bad punch, whatever you want to call it. It, yeah. it, it boils down to bad position coaching, and I think it's been something that's been a plague at Michigan State for a while. Do you have anything like happy to talk about or – yeah, I, I honestly think they'll all be gone next year. Okay, all right. Well, Either I, way. I, that, that brings a small smile to my face. Either way, I think I think whether D'Antonio comes back or whether if, if – obviously, if D'Antonio's gone, they're all gone. But I think even if D'Antonio comes back, they're all gone. Except for yeah. maybe Brad Salem. God, could you imagine if they come back? Oh, man. Could you imagine if everyone comes back? That would be <laughs> – oh, man. I, like, I really haven't thought about it that much until right now. Man, at the very least, it will end the most. It'll All be, that would be just entertaining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, man. It would be hilarious. Oh. Oh, God. You would have people on Facebook pages, like, meeting up to fight one another. <laughs> it'd be it'd be nuts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that's happening. No, I don't either. But, hey, could you imagine? I, could you imagine the debauchery? The shenanigans that would ensue. <laughs> All right. This is the end of the show, Matt. Okay. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the losses this year, and we're going to have fun with it. Yeah. Join us. It'll be a good debate. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no Penn State hurt more. Yeah. Spoiler alert. All right. I turned into a nihilist after this game. Like, <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, I've been a nihilist a long time. Eat art. Good for you. Good for you. All right. That's the end of the show. Thanks, everyone, okay. for listening. Uh, Ryder, to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You can find Locked on Spartans. Matt, great job doing that Roman read. Check Thank out you. Locked, or GetRoman.com slash Locked for your free online assessment. Definitely do that. Um, Matt, why don't you take us home? Extend the whole coaching staff. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>